Welcome to Needlepoint Scoop. I'm your host, Mary Catherine, and on today's episode, we have the one and only Meg Fielder, who is the Needlepoint Finisher at the Needlepoint Finisher on Instagram. Hey, Meg. How's it going? Oh my gosh, so good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Hanging in there. This is so exciting. So Meg was on our first season, and um, since then, we've like become friends. In real life. In real life. I know. It's crazy. We talk a lot. We do. Because, because, this yeah, was like, yeah. And I feel like I'm a Kardashian being invited back season after season. So I oh, stop. This- you have a, yeah, you're going to be like a reoccurring, you're, you know, you're like a re- recurring guest. I love it. No, but like, so you finish all day. Tell everybody like a little bit about you who does. So, so I guess what I'm saying is the work that I do sometimes it's actually easier for me to do if I'm stitching or if I'm painting or doing things, it's hard for me to text. So I actually like to talk on the phone, which a lot of people don't like to talk on the phone. And I don't know whether you like to talk on the phone. I mean, I either do or I don't. All this to be said, you finish and I stitch and paint and we talk on the phone. And catch up in the afternoon. Yeah, during the day, whatever, in the mornings. Okay, anyway, so tell people a little bit about you, Meg, who don't know you. Oh my gosh. So I started needlepoint finishing for the public, as you taught me, um, about a year and a half ago. Um, So I had finished my own things. I had a stack of finishing to do. Um, I started finishing when my, or I started stitching when my kids were babies. And I just had so much. And I brought it into a store and I wanted to have it done. And it was a lot to have finished at once. And I thought, okay, well, some of them were rounds or simpler shapes that I could do with try. Um, and I went back to the shop and showed them what I was able to do. And they asked me if I would take some home from the store to finish. Um, so initially I was finishing for stores and then I made a little Instagram account and it kind of blew up from there. Um, so I spend my days needlepoint finishing, which is great. Um, I came a crafty fam and I already had an embroidery machine. I sort of had all the tools at my disposal. So it was a solid jump into finishing. I love it. That's amazing. And you are a beautiful finisher and you, your business has just like totally, I mean, I've watched it happen over the last year. It's just exploded. It's more than I ever imagined it would be, honestly. Um, not that I imagine it would be, but just especially so fast. Sure. I started when I started initially, I got in a good bit of work for Christmas, but I think there's that level of when there's a new finisher out who doesn't really have a big workload, you're going to get pieces for Christmas, whether you're great or just okay. People who are desperate to get something finished and just need it done. They missed all the deadlines. They're going to send it to whoever the heck can get it done. Um, so I had a decent workload my first year and then I thought, okay, well, my Christmas deadline was November 1st, I think, um, last year. So this year I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and move that to October 1st. I should be okay. But it had just grown so much from last Christmas to this year that, um, I never could have anticipated the amount of work that came in ever. And then I had this like internal conundrum of what do I do? Do I, if someone is stitching and they think they've got this deadline of 10-1, do I let the pieces come in even though I'm really getting too much work in? Or do I have to move the goalpost and potentially upset some people that thought they had until 10-1 and then didn't? Um, so it was really hard. I learned a lot this season. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I can imagine. And and obviously we've talked about this um, before, but it's, it's wild because you will say like, you will sometimes get a package and it's got two rounds. And then other times you'll get a package and it's got 20 rounds or I mean, 20 ornaments. Yes. And there's no way that you can anticipate uh, you, you have just have no idea what's going to come in. In some ways, that's lovely because the work is just coming in. I never wanted to gatekeep like, yes, you're allowed to send me three pieces. Today. Sure. I don't want to gate like that, but the finishing time does fluctuate based on what packages come in and like what the current workload looks like. Um, so moving forward, 
um, I don't think I'll ever do a Christmas deadline again. Um, I work as fast as I can. Work goes up every single day. There's, and this is something I know we've talked about before. There are stitchers who stitch all year long and then they want to send this package of 10 or 20 ornaments to a finisher to have them all done at once for Christmas. And it just really bogs things down at the end. Um, you know, when in the spring or summer, it would have been lovely to get a few of those at a time and get them back out. And I think people, I don't know if they want to save on shipping or they want them all finished the exact same way, but it just, getting those, getting some of those big orders, it's lovely. Um, but moving forward, I just, for my business and my life, um, I'm not like an empty nester. I'm not just sitting I, I'm sitting here finishing every day, but you know, Sundays my kids have a half day and I end up with eight kids running around my house. Um, just every day is different. Some days I have a sure. lot more time to dedicate than others. And I just learned that I can't, um, I can't accurately forecast enough for, to do like a Christmas deadline and guarantee things. Um, so I'm just, I finish everything in the order it comes in and that's going to, have to be how it is moving forward no I think you know look the thing is Meg I think I think what you said is really interesting like this whole process and I'll tell you I've learned this myself even as a designer in a you know running a business is that um there are a lot of things that come up that you don't anticipate or that you can't anticipate or that is your business grows and rapidly changes. You have to make some tough business decisions, and this isn't the same as not having a not having a finished deadline. But like for me, I used to always handwrite thank you notes in every package that I sent out, and that meant a lot to me. And I was I was I wanted to do that, and I had time to do that, and. I remember thinking, like, I will never not do this. I will always write a thank you note. Like, this is so important. You know, I want the client to know how appreciative that I am. Like, I'm going to take the time to do this. And I never pre-wrote them. You know, I had this, like, and I remember thinking, what was I thinking? Like, even to myself, like, I didn't publicly say that. But I remember thinking to myself, it got, we, I got to the point, very gratefully, that I was like, oh, and I was personally addressing them, right? So, you know, dear Meg, and I know that means a lot. And I never, ever want anybody to think that, you know, my appreciation or my gratitude has, has lessened because they don't get a thank you note. But that when you are a soul, one person, and I don't know that people, I mean, it's very manual, the thing, hacking a label, I, I mean, all this stuff. It's great. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want anyone to think that I'm complaining, but I guess the point, and of course I'm not complaining, but the, you have to make business. Just, you don't get, if you order from me, you don't get a hand thank you note anymore. Um, and it's not because I'm ungrateful. I just don't, that's not a good use of my time. And I've had to make that really tough business decision. I pack all the orders. I'm always the one who looks at the name. If I recognize you and I know you and, you know, I try to throw a, a, um, a note in there when I can. But I guess what I'm saying is in the beginning, it's easy to say things to yourself. Like I'm always going to write a thank you note or I'm always going to I'm going to always make my deadlines. Right. But when you get into it, you realize sometimes you can't keep those promises that you've made to yourself, you know? Right. I had a friend say to me, you know, because I, I was sort of stuck. As I got towards the end, there were about, I think there were 15 orders at the end that I didn't make for Christmas. And some of okay. them were large, some of them were small, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do them all. I also... Um, after years of being told that I could not have a baby, um, on, without some medical intervention, my twins are IVF. Um, I wanted to defrost, we have one embryo frozen and we wanted to defrost that in this month actually. Um, so we started doing some like testing and trying out some drugs just to see how my body would respond to that. 
Um, so we would be ready to go in January and lo and behold, um, we did not cross that embryo, but I am pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> well fun. It's a boy. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, so we're super excited, but I just never in a million, I mean, doctors told me for years, I would never get pregnant on my own. So um, no, and we talked about this to a friend. I mean, yeah. like, yes, like we've talked, you were, t- yeah, you were getting ready for IVF and you sent me, you're called and you're like, you're not going to believe this. I was told mm-hmm. I could not get pregnant on my own. And I did. I sure did. And uh, everything's yeah, and middle- great and well and healthy and total yeah. normal pregnancy. Yeah. Who knew? Crazy. Yeah. So crazy. So it's exciting and we're, you know, we're really glad, but getting pregnant in October was not really in the cards for this finishing season. Um, but it's, that's, that's the thing. Life happens. Things change. Um, like you said about the thank you notes, it got to the point. I don't think I posted on Instagram for the month of December. I just, there, there wasn't time to stop and like stage a photo or take a pic. It was like, get these things packed up. Notes went out the window. There were no more thank you notes. Just get it packed, get it mailed. Um, I was trying so hard to catch up from being um, not so well when I first got pregnant. And I worked a ton of hours to try to catch up. And there were just probably about 15. Most customers gave me so much grace. And I just was so appreciative of their patience and kindness. And um, most of the orders have now gone out. But I think I've got a few more that I'm still chugging away at um but most customers were just absolutely lovely um one thing I will say for anyone listening who's wondering about finishing and just something that I think all finishers struggle with to some extent no matter how you say it I feel like um when you do guarantee an order for Christmas or you say you know this is a an order that will be done for Christmas people get confused and it's only, it's only one or two, but they think that Christmas means when their tree goes up or when they decide they might like it. And I think that's, I've seen finishers post before, like Christmas truly means you'll see it by the 25th. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I had, I had two customers on literally the first week of December. I rate that their trees were up and they did not have their ornaments or like their grandkids were coming over to help decorate the tree. And where were these ornaments? And it just, um, it's really hard to honor things like that during the holidays. And just, I've never could have anticipated this workload this year. So moving forward, one order at a time. One order, at, <clears throat> one order at a time. Well, and I think that, you know, I appreciate, first of all, I appreciate like just having this conversation because I think that it is, um, I think, you know, being a being a wife and a mother and a a businesswoman and trying to do a you know a small business that requires a, all of your time and energy i mean because when i mean we talk about this i mean i know this we don't talk about what you're doing but i know like it takes both hands when you mm-hmm. think about it i guess what i'm saying is you are you you take pride I mean, I use you as a finisher and I have seen your work and, you know, you take pride in what you do and everything is um, beautifully done, but it's, it's all consumed. I mean, it takes two hands and you, you sew and you're lacing everything and it's just a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's all done by hand and there's not, so a friend said to me, you know, when we were getting close to Christmas and I had a a few words that weren't going to make it out, she said, you know, you've got to call everyone. And I didn't know where that cutoff was going to be. Um, if, you know, say you had an order sitting with me, I didn't, I was working 10 to 12 hours a day trying to get everything out right through the weekend. Um, so I didn't know whether it was better to call you and say, Hey, you might not get this. I'm working and I'm going to try to get to it, but you might not. I didn't know if that was better than to when you got, you know, to the week of, and you really could say, this one's not going to make it and make that. So it just was, it was really hard. And she said, well, I'm, I'm always honest and upfront with people. And I just, I tell them there's been a delay, Yeah, but I don't really have the luxury of saying something like that because if there's been a delay, it's only me. It's not like there's a third sure. party or <clears throat> painted, painted canvases were held up at customs sure. or something that you can point to something else 
the only thing I really had was that I got pregnant, but sure. Um, well, but you know what, you know what, Meg, this is part of it's, um, this is life and running a business and especially a craft, a business of this type is, um, is a wonderful gift and it's a privilege and it's so fun and it's amazing. And I know that I speak for us both when I say I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to do this and it's so fun, but it is also, um, it's work too. And I think sometimes, um, it's easy. I think in just general, I'll make a general, it's easy to be critical when you're like, not in it. You know, the quote, like the, the Teddy Roosevelt quote, like that it's not the critic who counts. It's the person who's in the arena. It's like, yeah. yeah, a lot of things look really maybe easy from the outside, but when you get in it and you really realize the ins and outs and the challenges. Yeah. Right. You say that, I guess that's the same thing, right? As yeah. a parent, you say, I will never let my child, you know, eat that, or I'll never let my child wear that, or I'll never let my, or I would never, I would never, I would never. And I guess what we're saying, we think those things, it's like, I will always make a deadline. I will always write a thank you note. And it's yes. easy to say that. And then you realize. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes, sometimes things happen change. and you have to make a decision and things, things have to change. But the good thing is that's because of growth and your integrity is there. And, um, I know you that, you could have totally outsourced those things and made that. There's a lot of things you could have done that would have compromised the quality of the work. Right. Right. Let's be real. And that was just not something that you were going to do. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And I, and I so appreciate that. And I appreciate your, your, um, your honesty. And it's like, we all learn. Yeah. No more Christmas deadlines. Right. And you see, don't you do, wouldn't you say you like see now why other finishers do things the way that you have a new lens in which you view the finishing business after your first yeah. year, would you say? It was a huge, this, honestly, this Christmas season was a huge learning opportunity. Um, things that are okay when you're smaller, like handwriting a note for every single piece, just different things you realize you don't have the capacity to do. Um, to maintain the workflow and workload and getting everything out. So it was a big learning opportunity for me. And I feel like I was able to take some of those lessons. I tweaked policies. I tweaked insurance policies even. Like I had to call my insurance guy and tweak some of those things. Um, I tweaked how my workflow is just in my workroom and sort of how things are. I have a shipping station now. I'm printing all my own labels. I was doing everything at the post office. Well, when you're small and don't have, a, you know, a ton coming in as a new <clears throat> totally. no big deal to run over to the post. I live across the street. I can see it from here. So it was no big deal to just run over and pop something in the mail. When I was going over 15 packages at a time every couple of days, the poor lady at the post office, it's a teeny tiny post office. She was looking at me like, well, what are you doing? And yeah. then she would want me to sort of stay, she'd do a couple and then pause the transaction and want me to stand to the side to take the next person so we didn't build oh. a big line. I mean, I would be over there for 30 to 45 minutes to mail 15 packages. Um, so the, that whole process had to be streamlined. And I I did own a shipping scale. It was just up on the third floor. So brought that puppy down. I got a new um, label printer and I think some labels are on the shelf up there. There you go. And that's, that in and of itself has been a game changer to not be going to the post office. Everything gets scanned at my front door. So just, there's been a lot. Just as you grow, things have to change. Your policies, the way you do things. Um, so for 2024, I have a new finishing form. Um, my sort of intro and instructions for finishing to how to send things in went from one page to three pages. Yeah. Um, and it just, it really needed it. It needed a little revamp. And I think it it's going to help make things more clear and set expectations better for everybody across the board. Sure. You know, in finishing, I, I think what's really kind of shifting gears a little bit is, I mean, we're st still talking about finishing. I think it's so interesting and fascinating and fabulous how they're, I think because of people like you and Lita, the needlepoint finisher and people who are sharing, you know, needle finish needlepoint finishing used to be very much 
it was, yeah, it was like on lock and key. Like there were all these secrets um, as to how, right. And that you all have shared so much. Um, and I've seen finishing classes, finishing demonstrations, how to do things. Um, and it's really expanding and giving, it gives self-finishing is so funny. Like the, the term self-finishing, uh, it's it, it, like, what does that mean? I guess self-finishing means I finish it myself, but it's all done by a per. It, it, I don't know. It, it, you see what I'm trying to say? Like there's some people who can self-finish and it's profession. Their finished product is exquisite. So just because you finish something yourself doesn't mean that it's, oh. It's not less than. By it's any not way. less than. Right. Exactly. It's not less than. But there's so many people who are, I think, learning how to finish. And I see it online. I mean, I see it on Instagram all the time. And I think that is so, so cool. Um, but, and I'm learning that so many people, like, that's just a continuation of their project, right? They want to learn how to do it. They want to, they, they maybe know how to sew or they um, have those skills and they have that equipment. And then people like me who there's no way that I would ever know how or want to finish. I'm totally fine sending it away, but finishing is a weird thing because you are attached to this um, project that you've worked on for so long and you have an idea in your head about what you want it to look like. And then you're like sending your baby off to this person to finish it for you. And sometimes it's hard to know how to communicate and speak finishing language. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. It's scary. Sometimes I remember when I first dropped my first ornament off at a local needlepoint shop ever, they just like start, they were like cookie flat puffy. They just started saying these things. And I, I had to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, do you want a cookie? Do you want it puffy? Do you want it flat puffy? Do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. what." And she had to, you know, and then it was like, do you want twisted cord? Uh, yeah. Okay. What colors do you want in your twisted cord? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was just like, I didn't even know. Then it was like, do you want embroidery on the back? I was like, I didn't even know that was an option. I mean, it was just so overwhelming. And this say like a pillow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The it was Lingo. like inset. I was wow. like, I don't know. And then the decisions, like how many, how many inches do you want to inset? I'm like, I have no idea how many inches. I've never even thought about this. Right. I, and I know that you don't do, do pillows, but it's like, yeah. If you don't know the language, it's, it's overwhelming. It definitely can be overwhelming. I think that my form for, for me at least is pretty self-explanatory. I really only do one style ornaments. So there's not a ton of options there. Um, but if someone has something they want, they don't know how to put it into words, my advice would be maybe send a photo. If you have an example of something that you really like and you're trying okay. to emulate another piece, I'll always take a photo. Um, Love it. I've got some, it's funny, some of my customers will literally print out um, pictures of exactly what they want something to look like and send it to me that way. So it's just attached, stapled right onto the form, a picture like, okay, I want my ornament to be just like this one. Um, I love that. So that's an option too, <laughs> if you have your heart set on something. I love it. Okay, Meg, so I've asked people what they want to ask you. Okay. And I'm going to go through some of these. Uh, I'm going to go through some of them, okay? Please do. Um, okay. Okay, what do stitchers do? that make finishing more difficult for the finisher? What, what okay. do we do that's like diff that you open in the package and you're like, Ugh. I'm going to pick on yours. Please do. This is a new design though. No, it's not. No, no, no. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's okay. You've um, been like finishing. It's out. No, you're fine. Okay. So sometimes it's not leaving enough extra rows so okay. particularly with shaped ornaments um say you've got like a wine bottle with a cork on the top i actually got one in 
I'm gonna pull this one out just to give you a little example. Okay. This customer gave me extra rose, so we're good here. Okay. Molly, did it right, honey. <laughs> but without extra rose around this canvas, okay. Um, see how like you've got this detail at the top of the bottle, the cork, and yep. then it kind of goes in a little bit. If I have to fold the canvas under, and now I prefer extra rose. I'm a finisher that likes extra rose. I wrap the canvas around the foam board. Okay. And there's a layer of batting in there. So for me, I need extra rose. There, there is at least one finisher who does not do that. There's some like chipboard involved. There's some other stuff. Um, it's a different style of finishing. Neither one, I'm not going to say that either one is better than the other. I don't know who this person is. I would love to know who this is. If it's you, please reach out and tell me that it's you so I can just know for my own general knowledge. But there is a finisher somewhere out there. It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the green curtain. I don't know who but they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. but they're out there. Um, without that, if I had to fold this in, the canvas just isn't going to fold to go around this cork and then down. So you're not going to, it's just going to end up being a straight line at the end of the day. It's just going to be, if you didn't have the extra rows, that's how it would look. It just would be flat. You're not going to have that detail of the cork coming out around. So to maintain those details and maintain the shape, if you have a couple of extra rows, it's going to make it so that you can see the entire bottle. You're not going to lose any of the bottle. So particularly on shaped ornaments, that is why extra rows are important. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. Okay, so an extra rose. Um, you need. Okay, so yeah, how many extra rows do you need? So honestly, on eighteen, I prefer three. It okay. just gives you a little bit more room, especially on a shape. If it's a, if it's a round or something, two is fine. But okay. if it's a shape, I prefer three rows. It just gives you a little bit more room to work, um, and make sure everything can fold in, and you're not losing any of that detail. If it is a thirteen mesh, you really only need one to two. Okay. Uh, it's just such okay. okay. This is very good. Okay. What if you have some like tight, what if it's a shape? You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a thing and there's some <clears throat> like sharp angles, like tight, uh, things. Okay. So I've already posted this, like the bunny ears. Okay. This is a perfect example. Okay. So the bunny ears on my dogs. I've yes. like gone out and like really extended it. So it's a larger ornament. So, because I really want you to be able to see the background because I think the color is what makes it fun and like springy. Um, so I wanted the background color. So I really extended the background, but you know, those little ears are tiny. I mean, could you really go around those ears and only do three rows or is it going to look wonky and be really tight? So as I like draw my, like, I'm sorry that I'm like using. No, it becomes a total finishing pain on it. Like being so honest, please. It becomes a pain because foam board, it's not like it's wood. I mean, the larger the piece, the more like structural integrity you maintain on the board. So when you're cutting these teeny little ears, I mean, there's not a whole lot of integrity there. Now I'm going to wrap this canvas, cut it just so, so that it wraps around the board and then it has to be laced on there. I mean, there's just not, it, can it be done? Absolutely. Um, I just finished a Swedish horse, I think. Okay. Um, yes. I did not have a rose. Wow. And it had legs. And it was just so narrow, like wine glass stem, stems, um, anything like that, really. There's just not enough canvas there. There's the board, the integrity of the board starts to fail a little bit. I understand. I, I, I prefer to not have thin areas like that. Can they be done? Absolutely. But that is something that increases the cost of finishing and is more difficult to do. And it takes you a lot longer to do that than if they were just mm -hmm. have extended it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think just personal preference, I have some canvases. <clears throat> well, there's one canvas in particular that it can distort the when it when there's not enough extra rows it distorts the image 
so you the don't, shape is, the shaping no. doesn't look right. And you, in it, 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 you have to, it can make it look like not the thing you want it to look like when, if it had a little bit more, it, it would lay flatter and it would, it would, the design would stand out. It would have a background to it. You would see the entire design. Just yes. like that wine bottle. Just if like I the wine bottle. In, you've, you've lost the shape of the cork. You're going to lose all those things that make it fun. That so make it fun. Yes. Now I'm not losing one stitch of the design. And it's really creating, uh, it's it's making a, a true background and it's pushing the image towards the foreground, which just, I think, makes it more appealing. Um, artistic, you know, just design-wise. Um, and I think people just don't, the time that it takes to add three extra rows is like two, like an hour more. Like it's not that much more stitching if you're, if it, uh, it right? I mean, I guess I think people just don't do it because they don't know would be my my assumption, which I shouldn't assume, but Sometimes I think people just don't know that someone is just over it. They're like, I can't stitch another stitch on this canvas. I don't want to look at it again. Sometimes just, the extras are built in where you don't really need them. So I'm yes, going to use your this is true. As okay. Example. Yes. So on this canvas, I don't need any extra rows because there's so much space between the moon and the edge of the sky here that even if I fold this in and you, you know, you're, my goal when I fold it around the board is that I want the stitches to kiss the table. I want them to just, if I laid it down, they would kiss the table. They would just touch. So you're not like, there's still plenty of room there if this is folded over. So this is one that I would say the extra rows are built in and some right. designers do this and it's lovely because then you never have to worry about it. It's, you know, it's totally fine. Sometimes the designer will leave corner marks. You know how far off yes. stitch. So all that is lovely. And and also, if anyone ever has a question, like, did I stitch enough? Do you need extra rows? Send a quick message. No big deal. I had someone right. send me a message today. Did I, do I need extra rows on this? And it happened to be two canvases. It was two rounds that the designer included them. There's plenty of room. I said, nope, not on those ones. You're good to go. Um, another pet peeve that I didn't initially realize was a thing, but now I'm becoming much more just self-aware as I'm finishing. Sure. When there's a stitch that's open like this. Yes. Um, or like longer yep. threads. Yep. So when you're finishing, when you actually hand sew the cording on, I come into the canvas like a row or two. Okay. Just pull everything together from the front canvas to the backboard. Like the whole thing comes together. And there's stitches like this. It, um, you have to be very particular of where your needle goes in to not catch any of these fibers and pull them because they'll move. Ooh. And then you can see a little bit of canvas. So it just ta it becomes more tedious. Sewing. For open Corn stitch. Oh, of course it does. It makes perfect like sense. Like a corner stitch all the way to the edges. Oh. I get to the parts where it's really slanted. If I come in, I don't want to pull any threads as that um, curved needles going through. So I have to be really careful or like scooch the threads over a little bit, let my needle come oh. in. Oh, flat again. Who knew? I know. Listen. Who knew? There's always something. But ultimately, and it's not the end of the world. But if you're saying, yeah, no, this, no, we have, no, this was the question. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do to make things more difficult? Um, That's probably it. Okay. What are things we can do? This is kind of one and the same, but maybe what can we do that can make it easier? Reach out to you before we send, at, communicate. Yeah. If you have a question, like, does this have enough rows or, you know, what else should I do? Um, I think my little policies page going from one page to three will alleviate a lot of that stuff. Okay. Um, just more questions answered, I guess, but. What is helpful? But just make sure the form, like if you're sending finishing to a finisher, make sure there's a form for every piece you're sending um, with clear instructions. Okay, next question. Okay, this is a question I have. How many people, what are your percentage of people say finisher's choice and what percentage of people say I have specific instructions? Um, I would give it probably 50-50. A lot, okay, a lot. Just like, this choice. You pick what you want. Don't care. 
<clears throat> okay, and the next question is obviously I I know this um yeah, just this is your opinion, but how many people or not people, how many projects do you get in that have instructions but you feel like their instructions are fine, but what you would choose would be better. Um, that's hard. I know, and, like... and I guess the reason I'm asking this is it's a you don't know if you don't know. You yes. don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes when we have to answer these questions, maybe we aren't answering them right. Or maybe we don't know what the possibilities are out there. Or maybe we've only seen one thing or we've seen, you know, we're just, you know, using inspiration from somebody else's finish. And really what you could do is really better. Or, I mean, and I know it's all opinions and it's needlepoint and there's no right or wrong. I get that. And I still stand by that. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I worry about that. Yeah. Sometimes if there's, um, so behind me, I've got a little Lily Pulitzer fabric stash. Yes. And I tend to use mostly silks when I am finishing. If it's finished shirts, I just automatically go to do peony silk. But, you know, if it's a flamingo in front of a Christmas tree or just something really like Florida fun, I don't know. Um, it may say, you know, pink for the background or aqua blue. But, and if it's something like that, I usually will reach out and say, I've got a little lily stash if you want to yeah, make it a little more fun. Um, but sometimes I just get, very um just not great color choices like if i was on the fabric on the fabric or on the cord both sometimes i'm like oh gosh i wouldn't have chosen that or but sometimes things are i never would have picked and they're beautiful okay and so this is would be my thing is cording it's like a little thing but it's not like it makes such a huge it can be fun. Like nothing is going to, I don't think a bad cording colors are going to like ruin the ornament, but having right color cording can really make it just extra special. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, you're not, it's not, you're not going to totally ruin your ornament by making not great choices, but the right choice, like, and you're the expert. That's kind of my thing. Like, you see it all the time. Like, you know what, and I kind of feel personally, like if I'm sending it to a finisher a little bit, like you're sending it to the finisher. Like if you want to do it the way you want to do it, then just do it. Right. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like if you have so terribly, terribly strong opinions, like, I don't know. I mean, I, sometimes I like, I have had a few people that have given me lots of very specific feedback and I'm like, then it sounds like you're a needlepoint designer. Like go, you should design. It's like, I mean, and I'm not saying that is this, I'm not being, a, I'm not trying to be ugly, but like, it's like, then you should just design. I have had people who have reached out and they have asked me if I would modify one of my designs for them. But what they have done is they have designed a new canvas. And I'm like, you've just, you just designed a canvas. <laughs> like, no, I, you do that. You do that. You know, that's great for you. Knock yourself out. Um, Yeah. Once in a while, I just like colors aren't great, but I mean, for the, it's never going to be ruined. So it's yeah, not. Yeah. Terrible. Right, 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 right. No, that's my thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And I like, I'm a fan of plain, I don't like, everybody's different. I love a really simple background on an ornament because I really want the designs to pop. Just out of curious, do people, curiosity, people like prints on their fabric or do they like no it's solids? Funny. People who like prints typically send them. Um, ah. I get a fabric from Spoonflower that people order their little eat by eat yep. swatches. Yep. Um, whatever they are printing that with, because all that fabric is printed. Right. Um, the dye or whatever the process is, I don't know if there's like an overlay or something that helps the dye sit on there, the 
printing set makes it very stiff. It's not super fun to work with. If you wash it once, it's 10 times better to work with. Um, okay. No one washes it. So I just deal with it. And I don't want to ever, like, what if I wash it in Tide and you, like, hate the smell? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not washing You're, all You don't have time to, come on, let's be real. You don't no. have time to wash people's fabric <laughs> before you, no. Like, they would never, no one would ever get it on. Like, it would, yeah, no, right? No. Like, you don't have time to do that. But if, is that something people could do? If they get a spoon flour flavor, yes. fabric, wash it once. And sit. Washing that would be amazing. Um, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. See anything else We're like finding- that? Just go for it, Meg. Like, just go for it. We're finding things. Wash so your, your spoon flour fabric. Wish they were washed. Um, but then beyond that, I don't, usually if someone wants like a novelty print, they'll send it. Um, I have like a very limited, that shelf is sort of my novelty prints cottons um i think it's like stuff that my grandmother let me have um from her stash she's like well, this would be fun. like i've got a strawberry print i don't know there's some fun ones um but honestly these silks up here like these are my velvets those are your go-to these rooms are velvets and then this rainbow stack those are my silks how many um, people get things are. embroidered on the back a lot of, of embroidery a lot of embroidery um, more than I ever thought. So luckily I had this machine. I was ready to rock and roll with the embroidery, but, um, a lot of embroidery. Fascinating. Okay. All right. We have more questions. All right. Okay. Speaking of fabrics, any fabric that is just not good, obviously anything too thick. Um, honestly, it's personal preference for an ornament. If you want some, if you want to send, I don't want to say some god awful thick fabric, it's fine. But truly, like if you want to send some big thick, I don't care. Um, but if let's say if someone's self finishing, what would you recommend? What are some good if someone's finishing at home and they're trying to finish? What would be something you would say that's going to be tough to get your needle through that? Um, once in a while, there's one velvet that I bought. That just is, it's my red, of course, which is the most popular. Um, but it is so hard to get the needle through. Um, it. It's, oh my gosh, if I get an order that needs five with red velvet, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Um, yeah. Because it's just a thick weave or a tight weave. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard to needle through. With that okay. said, I don't know any other, all my other velvets are from the same line, um, which is a different one than the red. Yeah. Um, the line I love did not have like a pure red. So there's really nothing, you can't go wrong. Um, I think some people, the traditional finishing, I think was with Dupioni silks on the back, mm-hmm. but really personal preference. If something brings you joy, if it's a novelty print or um, you like a velvet or you want a cotton, do any, it's all fine. There's not it. any that are necessarily harder than others. Okay. All right. Um, does the mat board, need to be acid free i think traditionally for heirloom quality yes with that said i don't know if you take an ornament that was done without an acid like with a board that wasn't acid free i don't know that it's going to be falling apart or eating itself so i don't know if we're being a little too stuck in the mud there but it could go either way okay um wait say that again I do use acid-free board. Yes, acid-free. Okay, yes, of course, of course, of course. Okay, um, I think that you talked about this earlier, the mat board for shaped ornaments that are not round or squares mm-hmm. or whatever. Any tips on cutting that mat board? You talked about how, you know, if it's too thin, it's obviously very challenging. But any tips? So I, and this will rock someone's world who's watching this um i buy the like ginger big metal dressmaker shears i have a little okay. like amazon storefront and there's a pair in there just to help people figure out what the heck to buy okay. and the dressmaker shears are just thick and heavy metal so as you are cutting um i find that they go through the board 10 times better than just a basic pair of scissors i think the weight just everything about them but they yes. are dressmaker shears. They are meant to be for fabric only. I understand that. Mine, on the other hand, are for board. I bought them for the board. I so understand. 
Um, I've just blown someone's mind. I'm using the fabric scissors on the board, but that is where we are. If there's a really intricate cut, I do take an X-Acto knife to like get into a sort of delicate area or an angle that just the dressmaker shears are eight inch scissors. They're large. So getting through sometimes is a little bit harder, but um, like on a round, it just, it cuts really nicely. And that's better to cut. You just use the scissors on a round rather than like some circular. Yeah. I use the scissors on a round. Um, I'm going to blow everyone's mind again. Sometimes I use my rotary cutter. Okay. Flare, particularly for like a tray or anything larger. Yep. Because if you take a ruler, I can sort of measure it all out, draw it out with a pencil, and then actually just take this to cut the board. It's perfectly straight. Brilliant. So this okay, why is that blowing too. people's mind? I don't understand. That makes sense to me. Why, why is that? But you're not oh, like going back, but you're not using that for fabric. Like you are, it's so going to be not a thing. Close. No one is ever going to see the edge of one of my fabrics. I am not making dresses. Everything gets tucked under. So I don't need like a perfect edge on anything. So I right. absolutely might use this for fabric. Of course you do. But it's nothing that anyone's ever going to see or care about. Perfect. Well, of course. Um, you said, okay, you're, you're answering a lot of these. I love this. Okay. Color swaps. If you swap a color, do you ever, when you pull the canvas, sometimes like you can stitch it and you think, oh, this is good. You can't see the canvas. But then when you stitch it, I mean, when it's finished, you can see, like, underneath. So, like, picking on this, and you didn't do a color swap here, but just picking on these stitches. So, particularly, if you have, like, an open stitch here, not open, but a, a more of, like, a satiny stitch, um, when this folds over around the board, especially yep, if you pulled it, you're going to start to see through here. So, I recently finished something that, just kind of looked terrible at the end because as the board wrapped around the canvas underneath was white and they had stitched it in black and the fiber they used didn't really have great coverage anyway so it was a little iffy when it was flat and gosh it was a square once you folded those edges over you could just see all of the canvas all the way around and it was I mean on a few rows as it came over and it just it felt like a shame in finishing, there was no way around it because the canvas underneath was white and they switched it to black. Um, so, I mean, that's just sort of the nature of stitching. So, but it's okay to, I mean, it kind of sounds like when we're stitching and we are maybe using a specialty stitch or we're doing a color swap or we're doing something particularly around the edges, it makes sense that we should, or choosing fibers, maybe, you know, choose a, a thicker one that has enough coverage to where if, when we pull and look and if we can see canvas, we know that we're going to see canvas on the finishing. Yes. Yes. And I feel like it happens more with 13 mesh. The stitches are just larger, even if it's basket weave. Mm. These are just larger because of the mesh is larger. Um, this doesn't on, it doesn't really happen on 18. This is a 13 problem. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, we, we're, 13 is very, it seems to be very popular right now. It does. Um, if I had a 2024 wish list, it would be to see more 18. Just um, because the lines, it, it's a, it's a grid thing. It's the whole, the size of the holes. Yeah. It's more detailed. Um, the integrity of the canvas itself. When I am finishing, 18 mesh is wonderful. The canvas holds together. The stitches are together. When you switch over to 13, it just, the canvas doesn't have the same integrity. Even if I have to hit them a little bit of steam with my iron, the smell of an 18 canvas versus a 13 is different. And it's sort of telling me that there's two different glues or sizing used to make the canvases. 18 just holds together really well. The 13 does not hold together well. Like when I knock into it to finish, it just it doesn't just kind of crumbles. Really it just sort of, yeah, 
No, I know. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It just, it's, it doesn't have the same structural integrity. I just don't really personally, I don't love, um, the 13. I mean, it, the finished product is always fine, but, um, it, just, it doesn't hold the same way. I, I totally get that. And it makes sense. The holes are bigger. Like, I mean that there's more air, there's more space, you know, it, it's right. Yeah. There's more air. There's more space. Um, okay. Um, all right. What else? What, what are people stitching? I'm just curious. Like what's, what, what do people, what are people loving? Stand-ups, ornaments? What's like hot? I've been getting a lot of, um, larger pieces in. It's funny how the year changes around this time of year. I'll start to get a lot of bigger pieces. Um, people who want trees, they're, you know, making whatever they're making. And so that's fun um, to do those. And just, it's fun to see some different things come in because Christmas really is, I mean, 95% of its ornaments. So many. Um, my brother's eight years younger than me. And over the summer he was visiting and he said, Meg, are you serious? Can you please leave that workroom? These people, it, it is July. These people can, Christmas is not for months. I don't understand what you're doing. And he could not wrap his brain around that I would have hundreds of these to do before yes. Christmas. You had to be doing them year round. Like, no, no, they send them year round. He, he, his mind was blown. He's like, these blown. people are, they want ornaments yeah. in July. Like, this, I know. we are we always stitching. I, I you know, keep going. You were always stitching Christmas. That's what someone says. But Christmas, you can stitch, you stitch Christmas yeah. year round. Yes. Truly. Okay. Trays. People are, people are loving trays, acrylic trays. They really are. They really are. Um, like you think it, is it like bar cart? What are they doing with these trays? I think it's bar cart. I think some of the bigger ones are going to sit on coffee tables or ottomans. Um, yeah. I just did a really fun one with lobsters on it. And I, again, Christmas came in in December. That puppy was boxed up and out. I didn't take a photo. I didn't write it. I don't think I wrote a note. And that's one I would have 100% written a note. Written a note. Uh, my dear friend Beth. But I just, it was like, get it out the door. Just turn it around. So I'm going to harass her for a picture again. Do you but. do any backgammon boards? I've got one at the acrylic fabricator right now that I'm dying. Okay, you have to take a picture of that. Yeah. I want to design it's a backgammon. So fun. Okay. I mean, I think you could do a checkerboard too. Like there's so many, like you could do a board. Like that's really cute and chic. I think like a board thing, you know, It'd be precious. a board would be really cute. Right. Like, a. I know. Yeah. Sometimes okay. Trace. That makes sense. Sometimes we talk and our brains start spinning. Yes. Sometimes we're just chit-chatting. But like, um, we were on the phone one day and my daughter came in and was heading out the door. And I said, go upstairs and get a bow. No bow, no go. You know the rules. And we no. laughed. And you said, that should be a canvas. And I said, That's, yeah. and it should be a bow holder. And we were yeah. like, oh my God, what a day you had that thing designed. And your poor mother was, was like, stitching. This, has, this, my mother was stitching it and it's done and it's a bow holder and it's so cute. And that's, what's fun. So yeah, it is, it's really fun to think about new ways. So we have, we can't talk about this yet. And you, your brain is probably fried and you're probably like, what are you talking about? There's another oh, no. thing that we're doing that not, <laughs> not the most recent thing about the microwave, but there is another thing that we're doing. It's, it's interesting to think about new fun ways to finish needlepoint. Um, and so we have like, I've designed this, I wanted to do this thing, a Christmas thing, and we're going to do yes. that. So yeah. 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 There's so many, so I was like, can we so do this? Cause yeah. I was going to put it on a design and I was like, I'm, it's either going to be designed on there or we're going to finish it on there and make it a part of the finishing. And you're like, we should make it a part of the finishing. So there we yes. go. That's coming. Yeah. Right. You does that, that does that ring a bell? Yeah. It's like the yes. no go, no go thing. How do we turn and make these things into fun finishing that we can use and love? Yeah. That's the best. And how many bombs? Um, 
happening. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. So more 18, more 18 for 2024. What are other 20, any other 2024? No Christmas deadline. More 18. What are other, what are other, having a baby? I mean, you're having a baby. You have twins and there's like another one coming. A little boy. Oh my God. Um, yeah, happening. there's another one. That's exciting. Um, the other day I was joking about like everyone was sharing their ornaments and their things they did for 2023 and whatever. And I was like, the real question is, cause I didn't get to finish basically anything for myself um, after, you know, September one. So I just, that was not happening. Um, so I joked that I would share um, my to be finished pile that just didn't happen. I love uh, but it. I saved it right here. Oh, what you got? Go. Okay. Okay. Go. All right. So my husband's from Michigan and they're obsessed with this ginger ale. So I stitched this little can okay. for him. Um, he also, he won't listen to this. He thinks all my ideas are like a little dorky, a little silly. So he's so funny. He's like, why did you stitch that? He's like, like well, I mean, I love burners. I would have loved a six pack of it, but like, okay. But now we're going to have it. Okay. So he's like, you're oh. going to let that be on the tree. You're like, of course I am. Cause it's needlepoint. Okay. So Mary Catherine, okay. sweet friend, Lindsay. Oh, okay. Wait, go back. Hold up just one second. Did you, do you need extra rows on that? I do. I a hundred percent need extra rows because if I try to finish this and I throw right. this over the top of the can and the bottom and okay so you're gonna stitch extra rows okay good that's what i was looking at i'm like that doesn't that looks like that needs extra rows to me this puppy needs some extra rows okay you you're not gonna see the top of that sweet right then it looks like a yes totally got it got it okay extra rows um so mary Catherine's sweet friend Lindsay owns a store a cute gift shop in clemson yes and what is the name of her little it's called the little curiosities shop Right. I I knew it and I didn't want to Um, so at Christmas, poor Mary Catherine was like schlepping. Um, my daughter has a jelly cat gray bunny and that's her like lovey. And they came out along with a Santa hat and also an ornament. So poor Mary Catherine was like doing my bidding, buying these things in the little curiosity shop and shipping them to me. I was. Um Francis Abel did like a lovey line and she made someone a gray bunny. So Stop. I bought one and I stitched it. I finished it the other night. Oh my night. God, that's so, amazing. I love those extra rows. Look at those extra rows. That's a good background you've got on that little puppy. You're going to maintain this shape. And these were just like, honestly, these were the colors she did. So I can't wait to finish this for Carolyn. I love it. Um, love. Gray bunny. That's fun. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh my gosh, I this stitched, is amazing. I bought this in Nantucket um, this summer and I finally so, finished it. Not that I sew it together, but it got that far. I love it. It's cut out. It's beautiful. No dogs, no dogs on this bed. bed. Oh my gosh. I love it. Just like the biggest oxymoron in my house. I feel like I live on it. I love that canvas. Love that design. I decorate my entire um, dining room in all gingerbread things for Christmas. So I was very excited to make these little people, these little stand-ups to go with my village. And Stop I cannot it. wait to take them out this year. And like, you know, tomorrow's another day, Scarlet. We'll hope for those for next year. Love it. Um, this guy, I initially cut him out to be an ornament, and then I started doing stand-ups with a little acrylic feet, and I thought, oh my gosh, and a, a stand-up would be so much better, but I had already cut him out, so I actually attached a piece of canvas and stitched it right on there between his <laughs> legs so that I could do the stand-up. So if you ever need to fix a piece or like fix a canvas, it can be done. It can be done. And who was that? You can't really tell. I love it. No, you cannot tell. It will be finished. It'll be done. It'll be darling. I'll be darling. So. Oh, I love it. Those are the house that I was going to do as a stand-up too. Oh, so cute. Um, But it's funny how like just where you are and you're, and this has extra rows all around. Because if I didn't have extra rows, we would lose all these sweet swirls. We wouldn't see them. I got it. So I've got some rows on the edge. Yes. I love it. And I also smoothed it. Rather than going in on all these little divots. Or yeah, I like the design. Out. I like, I, I guess. All out. I like that. I love it. Look at us go. Um, this still needs extra rows. This has been in the works for too long. But pick okay. your own strawberries. So cute. Um, fun That's fact really cute. Me, I pick my own berries every year and I make my own jam. So um, I'm excited. 
make that into like a little sign or something. It's so cute. Happiness is being married to your best friend. Of course. Yes. Love it. That's so um, sweet. I love that. Make a little pillow. Or love it. it out yeah, that's really um, cute. I'm going to have to finish sooner than later because it's so fun. I think I'm going to make this little tray for my bar cart. This is Love MHB. Um, this was one of Maggie's first designs. I love it. Is a- that a variegated thread you have on the back? Is that a yeah, variegated? Barber. Um, love. And she's more of this one, I think, on her site right now. So That's really cute. Lucky. I'm excited for that one. So cute. Um, love it on a bar cart. I haven't even seen these. House, right? Halcyon yeah. House Designs. This Power one couple. is. Oh my God. So cute. Love. And so yeah. obsessed. Um, I thought. What are you, how are you going to finish it? What are you going to do? Made into a little pillow. Yeah, I love a pillow. I'm telling you, I love a pillow, people. I love a good pillow. Love a people a pillow. I know that you don't f- finish p- pillows. I love a pillow because I want um, it to be out all year round, yes. and it's just so cute. It's so chic. It becomes like part of your decor. Like it's fabulous. And your needlepoint. There's a canvas out there that says this. I learned this, and I think this is true. I mean, obviously, you do whatever you want to. But your needlepoint doesn't have to match your couch. That's what they say. So you finish. This is what all my like old school needlepoint ladies tell me. You finish the needlepoint, not to go in whatever room you want the needlepoint to go in. You finish the needle. You finish the pillow to be the like just like you would an art piece, right? The original art doesn't have to match, right? If if, if you love it, it always goes. So you finish it. For the canvas to be as best as it could be. And then it's going to fit and go anywhere. I love that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you finish it to be a, you tell the story you want the canvas to tell with the finishing. I promise match anything in my home, but like, I will, I will leave it out forever. Yeah. But you don't try to make that match your home is what I'm trying to say. Like you make it be a quirky, weird, little funny thing, whatever it needs to be. Love. I love it. All right, is that, that's all you got? Yeah, one more. This is my last all right. one. Okay, so, all right, what you got? Let's go, let's go. This was an Stop. early piece. It took me years to finish. Like, I just kept putting it down. I was like, this is too Love much. It. And I finally took it um, before the world shut down, before COVID. I went on a like little couple's trip to Cuba. And we took like a two-hour car ride out to some tobacco field. To, I don't know, horseback ride. I don't know what we did. Rolling cigars, just very... Sure, it was lovely. I've heard Cuba's just in the car the whole way there and the whole way back. I mean, I stitched this thing through Cuba and I finally made some headway where I didn't have much when I got home. So it's it's been finished and needed extra rows then for forever because I was like, well, those are going to be a while. And I still I I toy with it being a shaped pillow. Um, and then I'm like, maybe just stand mm. up and have it just be a little Easter decor. I don't know. But put it on a bookshelf, put it on a thing. Right. Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong. I mean you cannot so, go wrong with that. No, she's can't go very wrong. long. She's a beauty. So that's my two, and I think there's a few more in my stash bag, but that's I love really it. that. I'm so <laughs> glad that you share. Okay, are you still able to stitch some? Truly, honestly, not as much as I would like. Yeah. Um but I think I just, you know, once the cutoff finally happened for Christmas, the work didn't stop coming. The finishing kept yeah. coming, so I had like different piles of. Um, like, okay, this, you know, this has a deadline to it. This doesn't. So, um, it's now all back in the same bin and it just is, it feels just as full as when I cut off for Christmas. So That's, I just, yes, work this down a little bit and then I'll have more time to stitch. Meg, I love it. Meg, thank you always for joining me and thanks for being a guest and thanks for sharing so much of your wisdom and experience I want to do we've talked we want to I want to do a we need to do a class or something like that I know we've talked about that we need to do something um because I appreciate your authenticity and it's just safe and easy and comfortable and relaxed to talk with you and I think it's um you know I want to be able to kind of create that space where people can explore and discover um you know all about needlepoint and finishing is a big part of it. Um, so thanks for what you're doing and thank you for your, your, your beautiful work. I really appreciate um, the work that you, that you put out there and your artistic integrity that you uh, 
bring to it because you're top notch, which I appreciate. I very much appreciate that. Um, I'm grateful for your friendship and oh yeah, I truly feel like I'm on the Allen show. Like it's just it's the yeah. Next would you, you're just gonna come back? No. Yeah. Okay. No, you're you're gonna be every recurring guest. You're gonna be a yeah every whatever we got Meg. Keep it coming. All right. So if you have another question for Meg, just keep asking because Meg will keep coming back. We'll have yes. a little finishing. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah we'll figure it out. Meg, thank you. You're welcome. You're the best. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week on Needle Put Scoop. Thanks. Bye. You're my hero.